0: Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the secret stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother! Shh. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to episode number thirty-nine of the Live Wild or Die podcast. Today is kind of a weekly roundup episode. Gonna talk a little bit about training, some heat therapy, some flexibility and mobility stuff I've been doing. Want to share some thoughts from another podcast I listened to, and we'll finish up with the Monkey Book Club. A couple of books I've been reading. Just want to share a few reflections, insights I've had from those. So hope you guys enjoy. And I also wanted to mention our website's been our website's up, but we've been kind of sold out for the last couple of weeks. We're moving our inventory to a new warehouse, so we can't sell it while it's on a truck. So we apologize. I know there's some monkeys headed on trips and they want to bring the wildness with them. So we're doing our monkeyest to get that stuff back in stock for you guys. And hopefully it should be in the next few weeks. So thank you for your patience. Lastly, thank you everyone for the reviews you've been leaving. I really appreciate it. Gets me super psyched to see those and it definitely, it helps grow the monkey family and spread the good word of the wild. So if you have time and you have not, you could leave a five star review. Be very much appreciated. So thank you guys so much. Enjoy the show. What's up monkeys? Monkey Dan here and welcome to episode number 39 of the Live Wild or Die podcast. It's Friday evening. Wanted to do a weekly recap and share with you guys some training I've been doing and then just some other stuff that caught my interest this week. So, starting with the training. I've been doing these isometric holds at the top of both rows and pull-ups. And it's something that I've done a little bit. I've dabbled in over the years, but I've never really focused on it. And I really like it. I'd highly recommend it. So basically I just, I lower the rep. So I may be doing five. If I'm doing pull-ups, five reps. If I'm doing rows, somewhere between five and eight reps. Right now I'm holding the count at the top for a five count. So I'll do a pull-up, chin, or excuse me, throat to bar, clavicle to bar. I'll hold that for five, four, three, two, one. Controlled lower, right back up, five, four, three, two, one. And the reason why I started doing this is if you think about when you're doing pull-ups, rows, you get this momentum from that first third, first half half of the pull. And once you get to the top, you're not necessarily engaging as much as you could as if you slowed down and or paused at the top. So I've noticed it just it really gets you to squeeze every muscle involved at the top. I feel my biceps a lot more, I feel my lats firing, working on pulling my scaps down my back. It just, it, uh, it feels good, especially I think for the row. So same principle. So for the row, you're going to lay back to a steep row, pull your thumb to your armpit, Really focus on pinching the shoulder blades together, engaging everything solid midline from your neck to your ankle, but especially the rows. I think that helps with, you know, a lot of us, unfortunately, have these desk jobs where we tend to roll forward, hunch forward. If you're driving a lot, same thing. You kind of, the shoulders just, we have all these unfortunate environmental situations where our shoulders tend to just want to roll forward. So. Adding that isometric hold at the top of the row specifically, it really helps engage the scaps, the rhomboids, the muscles in between the scapulas in your upper back and kind of build that strength of pulling everything back in this really nice, proud stance. I think, well, I don't think, I know Jordan, Peterson, Jordan Peterson's always saying stand up tall with your shoulders back. So throw in some isometrics that should help you out with that. Something else I've been doing regularly is a lot of single arm pull training. So again, this is both in the pull up and the row. And basically what I'm doing is for rows, I will set up so I can lay on the ground pretty much flat, reach out with my hand, grab monkey bar, and then I'm pulling thumb to armpit, and I kind of add in this rotation, so I'm reaching with the opposite hand. That just helps me kind of emphasize that pull and then control it back down. Usually I'm doing somewhere between five to eight reps if I'm doing rows. When I'm doing pull-ups, what I'll do is I'll either offset or I'll use a like a thick resistance band. The offset... The lower hand kind of helps you at the beginning and then at the top of the pole, you just can't use it as much. You're really having to use that higher arm to finish the pole. And then you can also get a lot of extra bang for your buck during the eccentric, 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 the eccentric action. So think that would be the lowering of the pull up. So you can get a little extra bang there. So really slow, smooth, controlled, eccentric, and then right back up. For these single arm pulls I'm only doing like 2 or 3 reps max full recovery and definitely full warm up as well. Something, you know, it's been a goal for years to be able to do a one arm pull up, single arm pull up. I've gotten pretty close a few times but I think honestly if I just uh if I didn't squat for a year and let my legs kind of shrivel up that would probably help a lot but just got to get stronger, get wilder and maybe I can uh find myself above the bar with only one arm here soon. So if you're interested, it's just, it's also too, you know, life, you live life. You're not, you're not always doing this perfect two handed pole press, whatever you tend to be doing. So, or whatever you happen to be doing. So I really like doing these single arm exercises, particularly for the pole, because for me climbing, you know, you're, you're not doing like a pull up on the rock all day long. You're often doing, you're More often than not, actually, using just one arm at a time. So you climbers out there, try it out. And if you're interested in climbing, you can prep. Same with, actually, you know, those isometrics as well. That's uh, That really, I think, helps a lot for rock climbing, especially if you think about if you're doing what's called trad climbing or traditional rock climbing, that is, in a nutshell, basically, when you're going up, you're using ropes, You're placing your own protection. So there's these little aluminum nuts. There's aluminum cams. Basically what you're doing is you're sliding these pieces of hardware into cracks in the rock, clipping your rope to those pieces. So if you fall, those will catch you, assuming they hold, which for me, they usually do. Moving on. Something else I've been doing, which I hadn't for years. I used to love doing this when I was a kid. We would do it all the time, but I've been going in the sauna After my workouts, unfortunately, it's at a, hold on, gym, it's all right though. So I go, usually it's between 180 and 200 degrees, depending, and I'm in there for 15 to 20 minutes. And what's really awesome to do is stretch in the sauna. So instead of just kind of sitting there, I'll get up, I'll stretch. My favorites for the sauna specifically are doing just a forward fold. I'll kind of alternate, Straightening one leg, bending the other back and forth, hitting hamstrings. I'll just hang. I'll do some Jefferson curls. So I talked about this with my buddy John Gertz a few episodes back, or he brought it up actually. But the Jefferson curl, awesome exercise for your back. I cannot recommend it enough, but you got to do it right. So if you YouTube Jefferson curl, look for one that probably has a lot of views. If you can find one by Gymnastics Bodies or Coach Chris Summer, that will definitely put you in the right direction. But the Jefferson curl, I'll do my best to articulate it verbally, and then we can see how that works. So you stand up straight, bring your feet close together. Starting with your head, I tuck my chin. My legs are straight. Knees are pretty much locked out. I tuck my chin, and then one vertebrae at a time, I curl down, reaching for my toes with my arms straight. Hit my low point and then slowly curl back up. So starting with the lower back, thoracic, and then cervical spine, finishing in a stand. And I like to, uh, I like to also throw in just I'll look up at the top of that movement. You know, again, oftentimes if you're using your phone a lot, you're always kind of in this weird head down hunchy position. So I've been trying to do as much like extension in my back and spine as possible. That reminds me, there's something else I've been doing. I've been trying to do this every day. I haven't been 100% successful, but I'm about probably 90% or better. I've been doing a full-on back bridge or, for the yogis out there, a wheel pose. So basically, that is where my I lay on my back. My feet are planted. I reach my hands kind of next to my ears and then press into this big arched position. So the only thing supporting me is my feet and my hands. If you've never done one of these before, I wouldn't recommend it to start, but it's something you can work up to. You can just do simple back bridges with your feet planted, start building that strength, that mobility, and then slowly easing in into it. And I, I've been recently doing this. I was doing it in the morning a little bit. I, I'll do these yoga sessions. I was throwing it in there a little bit, recently I've been doing it post-workout. So I'm super warm. I'll stretch. I'll do a post-workout cool down stretch mobility session. And then I'll cap that off with that big wheel pose or that back bend, whatever you want to call it. And then from there, I've been heading into the sauna. So I feel good. It's, you know, it started off. I was certainly struggling to get into it, but now it keeps getting easier and easier. So consistency with that is, I think, super important. So that kind of weaves into next topic is stretching. So I've been stretching every, well, stretching and rolling out actually just with the foam roller. And I have a lacrosse ball. I've been stretching every night before bed and it really, I wake up just, I feel so much better. I've got much more snap and spring in my step in the morning. So I highly recommend it. Throw on a podcast. Don't, don't watch TV. You don't need to watch TV while you stretch, but, If you have to do it, if you're just watching TV, at least be stretching. I like to listen to kind of a more mellow podcast or just throw on some tunes, dim the lights a little bit, just start to get in that relaxation mode. Maybe light a candle. Friday romance with monkey. So what else? uh, What else? I've been, I've been really into this for I've been doing this really for pretty much since my daughter was born, but I've been trying to walk more. It's such it's not a sexy thing to talk about, but it's such a basic fundamental human form of movement. And I've been taking these multiple walk breaks throughout the day. And especially I've been working on I'm entering all this data for the monkey app update. I'm really psyched about it. But man, entering the data crunching the the pounding the keyboard all day is just not for me, but Hey, it's worth it. It's going to be sweet, but what I'll do is I'll kind of, I'll set a time or a goal. I need to, you know, I'll enter in a dozen workouts and then head out the door, walk, just look at the mountains, just kind of reset and then come back in. So I've been doing that. It definitely helps. So make your breaks active and there's just, there's no reason not to walk more. Wanted to share just a few little insights. So I mentioned a podcast called The Ready State. It's hosted by Dr. Kelly Sturrett and his wife, Juliette Sturrett. They had a gentleman on named Alex Hutchinson who wrote a book about endurance and basically it's endurance from kind of this more mental perspective. I haven't read the book, full disclosure, but I was listening to them talk about it and basically they were talking about the power of the mind, especially for training and athletic performance. So what stood out to me was that stress can increase perceived effort. So you could run a mile at a seven minute pace and you know, you're feeling good, you're loose, you're relaxed. And then if you you do the same thing when you're super stressed, maybe there's something going on at work, maybe something going off in family life, whatever it is, but you run that same pace. It's going to feel like a 10 or a, let's say a nine on that stress when you're stressed and then maybe it felt only like a six when you were feeling good. So like I've been saying, the mind is so, so critical when it comes to training and just athletic performance, whatever it happens to be for you. What I also thought was cool. And it was, it was really a reminder for me was, you know, this mental plasticity, this mental fortitude, this grit, it's very trainable. And I remember back, when I was in college as an athlete. I played lacrosse, and I was training hard. And I always remember, which <laughs> I remember, I would ice after every practice. And which I don't know if that actually was a good thing or not, looking back. But I always remember that first week back, putting. I'd always I had shin splints my first season, so I would ice. You know, I'd put my feet up to just below my knee in this bucket, which is ice and a little bit of water. It was it was cold. And I remember those first few ses- those first few sessions were just killer. But you know, after two or three, you it wasn't a big deal. You'd have that initial shock and then you could pretty much chill for 20 minutes, no big deal. So that kind of hearing them talk about this was a reminder that these things are trainable and it's not something that you need to do like every workout. Every workout you don't need to Suffer, but you definitely do need to, at times, learn to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I know there's a lot of monkeys out there that are very good at that. Talking to you, wild man, Brock. But I remember when I was doing a lot more personal training. You know, I I'd, I'd work with these clients that they'd never really push themselves. So as soon as it, it started to get a little bit hard, they'd back off and. You could see over time how that durability, that mental, that ability to push through these, or I guess basically the ability to suffer would improve over time. But I think there's just, there's a lot of folks out there that, you know, maybe they just, they didn't play sports growing up or for whatever reason, they didn't have these opportunities to build that strength for these more physical pursuits. But again, the good thing is it's a very trainable Part of athleticism and uh, we can all do it next on the list. A book I've been reading called Sapiens, which I didn't realize it came out. Well, it was originally written in, I think in 2011, but wasn't in English until I think 2014, which I didn't know. Awesome book. I'd highly recommend it. I just also finished Empire of the Summer Moon which I'll talk about in a second, but this book, Sapiens, I just finished the chapter. He's talking about basically how the agricultural revolution was this point in time that really forced humans to focus on the future more so than they ever had in the past. So if you think about it, if you go from this hunter-gatherer, forager lifestyle you're Pretty much living in the moment, you're taking advantage of whatever opportunity is in front of you. You're not having to think six months, years ahead, things like that. As soon as we started farming regularly, you had to constantly be thinking about the future, saving seeds for the next year, thinking about plowing fields. What fields are you going to plow? You had to be thinking about are you going to get attacked by someone that just had a famine? You know, there's all there was all these basically futuristic thoughts that were thrown upon these early farmers. And basically what the book's talking about is that's a big reason for anxiety. Big surprise. And now even more so, I think where we're living today, where the actions we're making in the present moment today, we don't get to see those consequences for, it could be weeks, months, even years. So, you know, it's really interesting how, if you take a step back and look how we evolved from this hunter gatherer forager existence into where we are now, there's certainly a lot of incongruencies with the human mind and our current environment, especially in the West. So that really stood out to me. And again, it was that it was that having to focus on the future. That is what causes anxiety. At least that can be a big part of it. So You know, there's buzzword of the last, I don't know, five years, mindfulness. You know, there's something to that with focusing on the present, but I think we got to go beyond that and I don't have the exact answer yet, but basically my thought was, well, how can I live more like a hunter gatherer in this current modern world? So I, I have no idea yet, but. I'm really psyched to explore that. This just the concept and share the conversation, share my thoughts about that with monkeys. And if you guys have ideas, I'd love to hear it as well. So how can we live like hunter gatherers and still be somewhat productive and participate in society? I don't have the answer, but I think we'll get close. Last thing I I want to talk about, I finished this book maybe two weeks ago now, Empire of the Summer Moon. It's about the Comanches and their kind of final days. And it's such a good book. I mean, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot, there's kind of this romanticized view of Native Americans. And this book is very honest and it's very upfront and, Man, it was a brutal life they had out on the prairie, but you know, it's 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 this weird thing where it was a brutal life, but it also was it was a magical life. There was spirits and gods and the rocks and the river and the buffalo and the sun and the moon. It was just when you're reading about the author does this really great description of kind of contrasting this nomadic again, hunter gatherer lifestyle to the basically white settlers moving West and it's it just kind of makes you step step back and think about, well, you know, which one, which one would you choose now? And I think that relates back to what I was talking about in that Sapiens book. You know, it's, it's the contrast between the hunter gatherer, this tight knit tribal community and this switch to this agrarian society where, you know, we kind of moved away from that. Even more so now, which is interesting. It's uh it's so interesting how Oh well that's what they talked about in sapiens as well, how you know, we kept what the agricultural what the agricultural revolution did was it kind of kept upping the ante so there was more food which could feed more people who thus lived a lower quality of life because the food wasn't as nutrient dense. You're living in this tighter space with more people. So disease became more of a thing, but what's, what was really interesting about it is there's no stepping back, right? Cause if all of a sudden, if you created a situation where you went from being able to feed a hundred people to 500 people, if you go back to that hunter gatherer forager society, well, there's a 400 person Delta That needs to be made up. So it's basically they're saying, well, who, which 400 people get, get left to fend for themselves. So it's similar to kind of this hedonistic adaptation we have now, where we buy the new thing. It's exciting for a day, a week, a month, and then we got to go on to the next thing. So it's this strange cycle of, we just have to keep upping the ante and I don't know how to break out of it. It's just being, having it brought to my attention was very enlightening and I want to share it with the monkey family, see what you guys thought and maybe maybe if you ha if you've read these if you have not read these books, I would highly recommend it. They're awesome. I also just read American Buffalo, which kinda of led into the other one. So that's been my reading list in the last month and a half or so. And if you if you guys have books you recommend, we can start a monkey book club. But if you guys have books you'd recommend, please shoot them my way. And would love to share. So thank you for tuning in, monkeys. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the reviews. And we'll just keep the conversation going. So have a wild weekend. We'll see you out there. Monkey on.